Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for November 23. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving in America is one of the delights Judith and I experienced when we moved to New York in 2001. Despite the evil events of September 11 that year, people at the Thanksgiving dinner we attended expressed their thanks for the way the Lord had used the events of 9-11 to build their trust in Him. When we think about it, Thanksgiving is a theme that permeates the Bible, especially the Psalms. And while we do live in an uncertain world, there's still much for which we can be thankful. Come with me to Paul the Apostle's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Luke chapter 23, verses 33 through 43. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching. But the ruler scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul exhorts. And as he doesn't want us to skim over this, he repeats it. Again I say, rejoice. Paul was in prison when he wrote these words. He's repeating his earlier exhortation, Rejoice in the Lord, that we read in chapter 3. God wants us to so value our relationship with Jesus Christ that we long for the smile of his approval in all we do. Nothing else matters. He is our joy. Now notice, Paul doesn't say we are to rejoice in the Lord in all circumstances. Some situations may be evil. Rather, we should rejoice that the Lord still has his hand on the helm of the world's events and our personal affairs, working out his good purposes for his people. It challenges us to ask if we trust him in every situation, be it the loss of a job, disappointments, or perhaps sobering medical news. Furthermore, in exhorting us to rejoice, he's not speaking about our being happy, always having a smile on our face. The joy he speaks about is the deep inner peace and contentment that springs from a personal trust in Jesus. For this reason, he urges us to pray with thankfulness in our hearts. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Don't be anxious. 
timeless words and a universal remedy for anxiety. So Paul urges us to pray for concerns about life, petition the Lord with our particular needs, with thankfulness in our hearts for his goodness and mercy. Here is the antidote to anxiety and the prelude to the experience of peace. Such prayer and thanksgiving express trust in God in every situation. So let me ask, can you honestly say you are assured that Jesus is not only in control, but that he truly loves and cares for you? So we have the promise of peace. In verse 7 we read, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And in verse 9, And the God of peace will be with you. Peace. Shalom. It's a word of security. Paul was in prison for his faith when he wrote these words. He knew what it is to be anxious, even fearful about life's disappointments. He knew the barbs that can hurt, be they lies or literal persecution. Encouragingly, he speaks about God's peace guarding our hearts and minds. God in this context conveys the positive idea of protection. As a Roman citizen, he may have had in mind the Praetorian Guard. It's a great thought. God's Praetorian Guard providing security for our hearts and minds, and so giving us peace. Furthermore, heart is the Bible's way of speaking about what is deep within us, our desires and will, our emotions and our very soul. And mind refers to our thoughts that spring from our inner longings. Now, if we remove God's promise of peace from its biblical context, the idea of peace is lovely, but without substance. Peace in the Bible is meaningful and profound, true and full of strength. The God of peace is the one who has made peace between himself and you and me. On the day of his resurrection, Jesus Christ met with his disciples in a locked upper room. Peace be with you were his first words. It wasn't a conventional greeting, for he immediately repeated it. Peace be with you. The God of peace is also the God of power. It is the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus is the New Testament standard for God's mighty power. Peace is associated with a kind of power that not even death can stand against. These great promises are grounded in the peace that God himself has secured. He alone is the author of just and everlasting peace. How much there is for which we can be thankful. Is this real for you? How often do you express your thankfulness to God? Just at Thanksgiving or every day? So let me pray a prayer of general thanksgiving. You might like to use it at a Thanksgiving dinner. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, 
We, your unworthy servants, give humble and hearty thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all people. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all, for your amazing love in the redemption of the world through our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us that due sense of all your mercies, that our hearts may be truly thankful, and that we may declare your praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service, and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honour and glory, now and for ever. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and April Marks, a member of Christchurch Presbyterian San Francisco. The prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978. The opening and closing music is from St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. You may also want to listen to the song May the Peoples Praise You from Keith and Kristen Getty at gettymusic.com.